Also, the Smooth 91.5 jingle, all time. Here's with it, Milo. Smooth 91.5. Smooth 91.5. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the start of our show today. It is the Hit Different Podcast. This week, my friends, with Milo Eastwood, Sosia Mole, and Mikey Carl in the place to be, in your ear holes, ready to throw down for about 30 minutes and give you the, the hottest shit. How are you, my friends? Real good, real good. Friends only episode, how's about that? Yeah, for years. I, I like it as much as I hated the actual show Friends, which I really detested. <laughs> it sucks balls, we can all agree on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. We're all Seinfeld people here, right? Yes, yes. Hey, everybody. The Hit Different Podcast You're with me, Mikey Carl, Milo Eastwood, and Sophia Moly. Something just came up on our Google. It said Anonymous Dragon. I'm pretty sure it said Anonymous Dragon. I don't know. It looks cool. I think it bodes well for a very sexy 25-minute uh, get-in, get-out, nobody-gets-hurt episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the Environmental Music Prize, 20,000 up for grabs, but perhaps the world's up for grabs. Yes? Have you thought about that? Hmm. This uh, music prize will help us think about that. Milo, what will you be talking about? Talking about the recent news that uh, Groove in the Moose, potentially revolutionary uh, pill testing or drug testing just in general on site has been pulled out from underneath them. What that means going forward and uh, other implications involved. Fantastic. I mean, terrible news, but fantastic. We can we can uh, shoot the shit about it. It's sells the boats. What are you uh, chatting to us about? Yeah, we're going to be talking about how the Wiggles just stay winning. Got a very big week coming up. <laughs> And Lil Nas X, he wants in on the action, so we're going to break it down and just, you know, talk about, is it cool to dunk on them, or should we just embrace the inevitable? It feels like everyone's embracing them at the moment, especially after Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X's uh, co-signature today. Exactly. Uh, my dudes, all of that in just a moment after this uh, music break. <laughs> Twenty thousand bucks up for grabs, environmental music prize. It's a funny three words together. I think it's going to take a little while for us to just get into the groove of environmental music prize, but I think I'm down with it. The launch today, and one of the things in the press release said: social movements are amplified by anthems. But where is the climate anthem we need to inspire change for the planet? Great question. We're heading into a climate election for sure. He says, <laughs> manifesting slash. I think we are. I think we. I think this is going to be this federal election is is largely. Hopefully about, you know, who can fucking lead us and things like, you know, the Greens seem to forever be uh, gaining momentum, which is great. It's also touted as the world's first music prize that celebrates artists inspiring action on climate and conservation. There were 200 entries, 24 Australian songs have been selected. The website's great. Please check it out. We'll put it in the notes. Uh, all 24 of the, of the songs have YouTube clips for them and instead of look through them, and I was saying to the guys just now, so that you feel included, listener, that sometimes I get too stuck in just listening to Triple R, PBS, you know, what Spotify cops up for me, what my friends are suggesting to me, whereas something like this, I've never listened to a Lime Cordial song in my life and I'm listening to a Lime Cordial, Addicted to the Sunshine, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of dig it. Michael Chugg's in the film clip, fun fact. Things like that, things like King Gizzard have, have um, previously put out a great song, There Is No Planet B. They've got a song nominated called If Not Now, Then When. Fucking good question. Very good rhetorical question. Um, Briggs and Tim Mitchin used a, a beat they bought online from a sample pack and did track House Fire. 
We just had nearly 500,000 views on YouTube. They even sort of said, you know, we're going to go viral. That's a, it's a great jam. And it just, you know, it's got Scott Morrison <laughs> trying to shake people's hands. And it was something that we needed during, you know, the never-ending lockdowns. Also, another thing I want to highlight is a little kid from Tummit, Rory Phillips. Really cute little dude who's strumming his guitar in the middle of a road, uh, wearing his school uniform, cherubic face. In part of the clip, it says, uh, forecast isn't great, more warm weather ahead. And he's standing in front of a, a map of Australia and it's looking very hot. And that is helpful. That really resonated with me and made me think, you know, my kids, my kids' kids, everyone's kids, it's, it's fucked. It's fucked for them unless we absolutely, we are in a climate emergency and something like the Environmental Music Prize, I think absolutely will um, serve a good purpose. What do you guys make of it? As you sort of said before, the idea of it being a prize sort of uh, takes a little bit to wrap your head around. I feel like it might have been better off as sort of like an initiative to try and encourage as many people as possible to record environmental anthems. I mean, environmental songs do exist out there. A lot of them are pretty cheesy and it's kind of cool to see some artists that I haven't heard of before having a go at it and sort of doing it in a pretty tasteful way. I remember... Uh, Lil Dicky doing that Planet Earth, Saving Our Earth track a while ago that just tried to get as many A-list celebrities as humanly possible on the track. Um, I'm sure it did well. It's got many, many, many views, but uh, ultimately felt sort of a little bit kind of tokenistic, I guess. Kind of the opposite of, 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 of Big Yellow Taxi, Johnny Mitchell, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. You know, that really, from from the get-go, there's like, okay, this is this means something. Whereas Absolutely. Little Dicky... <laughs> didn't quite <laughs> didn't carry the torch there i feel like he did a good job of like putting it out to the the masses uh but i feel like this is kind of a nice localized response and sort of you know we are about to have an election probably a great time to be putting this shit at the forefront as much as possible big time probably too many songs though 24 is, is, it loses a little bit of the oomph of say 12 or, or 15 king stingrays in there holy holler in there unreal artists so what did you what did you make of it yeah, that was that was one of the first things I thought when I saw it, and I I feel like that's only because we come from a background of having to you know whittle down a long list that would exceed hundreds of songs. Uh, sorry, albums for the Australian Music Prize. I feel like twenty four straight out the gate for its first year might be a little bit overwhelming to some people. Like if you had it at a tight ten or something, I feel like that could be like a really strong. Um, crop to, to sort of have a statement of intent behind. But look, I feel like it's a cool thing. Like, like you guys were saying, we're coming into a very important election year. We've just been through a shit ton of horrific uh, phases of unpredictability when it comes to climate change uh, and its ongoing effects here. So I feel like the intersection between music and, and, and politics and, or just even social uh, social and climate justice in this way is really nice and wholesome and I think it's really cool to see established artists under a new light but also discover some new some new blood at the same time. Interestingly though, I did notice that the Chase's parody song, which is now at the top of the iTunes charts, is not on this list. <laughs> Ah, uh, they should. You know what? I know these things take a lot to sort of pull together. It'd be amazing if they just added the, the Chasers song on and just sort of parlayed that oh interest um, about, was it Cole Makes Me Come? Cole Makes Me Come. <laughs> I've not listened to it yet, but it's 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 gone bonkers. Do you say it's top of the iTunes chart? Yeah. That's what do, I do people still life. buy music on iTunes? Well, that's probably the demographic. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping they're counting in uh, Apple Music streams on that as well, because that could be a a particularly uh, shallow pool of which to uh, judge the popularity of a track on. I know, right? But no, in terms of this Environmental Music Prize, I do feel like it's a cool thing. Hopefully it extends beyond one year, uh, because we all know you know, how much it takes for these sorts of awards and initiatives yes. to run. But I'm ambitious. You know, I'm optimistic for it. The ambitious, the ambition is, is very wholesome to me. Agree. And, I mean, Earth Hour feels a bit token. I think we all sort of saw through Earth Hour as much as it, it meant well. Um, it was Earth Day on April 22. Did, did I miss that? Did you guys get into Earth Day at all? i got to say I missed that one. Same. Yeah, that's okay. Every day is Earth Day. <laughs> every every day's Kids Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this, this, this is a good thing, and I reckon get around it, people. Environmental Music Prize. You need to vote as well. That's very very important. Yes. You could say that you need to vote, and then uh, a winner will be announced. When the winner is announced, they will be announced. <laughs> and also vote in general, people. Make sure you've got your P's and Q's in check. You need to make yep. it count this year. Not exactly, but. Annoying. This this votes on Sunday, fifteenth of May. It finishes. Uh, the big vote, of course, is May twenty one, and that's let's all, uh, in the words of Harvey Sutherland, get rid of these cunts. <laughs> Very good. Coming up next, our man Eastwood on the spot talking about Inavanica mouth testing. <laughs> Seriously, here we go. <laughs> Milo, take it away with your pill testing findings and breaking news. Just recently, it was reported that uh, Groove and the Moo have been pushing for this for quite some time. I remember being this being in the news and in the works for many, many years now. I guess shout outs to the crew over at Groove and the Moo for trying to push this for quite some time when a lot of other festivals just wouldn't even touch it. Uh, pill testing is a thing that is pretty common in Europe these days across the board, whether it be legal, legally done or illegally done. Um, but yeah, it looks like it was going to fully go ahead for the festival, which I believe kicked off last weekend. Uh, just a shorter run of dates this year for Groove and the Moo, but still a uh, important uh, trip into rural areas for music nonetheless. But um, yeah, at the very last minute, it came down to an insurance issue, which kind of pulled the uh, the rug out from under the festival's feet and said that it wasn't really viable to uh, go ahead uh, with it just in case there were any uh, drug implications. I'm just uh, hoping that this doesn't necessarily mean sort of an end to it just in general. It could feel pretty easy for uh, a lot of insurance companies to kind of follow suit with other festivals that propose usage of these uh, services. Have you guys ever come across uh, any other festivals that have tried to make this happen in the past? Um, personally, uh, no, I wrote some pro pill testing columns at the Herald Sun, which got a lot of very spirited responses and it got a lot of hate mail. <laughs> Can only imagine. Was, yeah, which was great. I was like, yeah, cool. This is actually, this is, um, really, you know, poking the bear. This, this is getting people talking. A mate of mine from Packer messaged me saying, Hey Mickey, um, long time no chat. I've got, I've got sons, uh, who are about to start their partying years and I hadn't really thought about it, but. You know, it made me think that, of course, you know, if if if, if I did it, my sons are probably going to do it. And so pill testing is obviously a good thing. That was a great, you know, a bit of um, fan mail to receive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three years ago, pill testing at Groove of the Move Festival saved seven lives, organisers said. This is a Guardian article. They discarded the drugs after tests found that, you know, they contained some very, some very dangerous ingredients. I mean, the whole thing is 
kids are going to take drugs. There's definitely a bit of a lean towards sober sober clubbing, and so so sorry I didn't ask your opinion about all this yet. But yeah, I, I think we absolutely need to, to get to get around the pill testing uh, thing, and also just it feels regressive. It feels like we're in words of Kevin Parker, we're only going backwards if we're not pushing forwards with pill testing and helping protect kids and and people of all ages. No, I was, I was thinking about this because you know we've we've seen how proactive festival festivals and festival culture in Australia has been when it comes to having on-site breathos, like the Vanessa vans that are at like pretty much every festival, making sure that people know that they can do breathalyzer checks before they leave to, you know, just to make sure that everyone's driving home safe or if they're, you know, over the limit, they can organize alternate ways of getting home each night. And I'm like, if that can be normalized, then why can't pill testing? Like every, this is the thing, like everyone knows it's such a part of festival club, party culture, whatever you want to call it. Like, let's, you know, let's just be adults about it and try and protect people and make sure that it's as safe an experience as possible. I think it ultimately comes down to the people in charge just truly not being clued into the culture and potentially having a view of, you know, the cotton wool being pulled over their eyes that, you know, not my child this and not my child that and that no, this doesn't happen in my backyard, this happens in other states, that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, people just need to get a bit more real about it and sort of understand that, you know, the war on drugs hasn't worked mm. and that it's kind of a part of the culture and you're so much better off, you know, testing something and saving a life as opposed to forcing someone to take too many at once to avoid a sniffer dog. We talk about it being a generational thing, right, and, like, the, this idea of the, a lot of parents out there, a lot of people in charge being like, oh, well, this wouldn't happen to my kids or, you know, my kids weren't raised this way. And it's like, we can't have that excuse anymore. Like kids and young people have so much more connectivity in their lives now than we did, than our parents did. So it's like the horse has bolted. I I remember my early conversations with my mum about drug use and even like her excuse, well, not her excuse, but her reasoning for like, not being as okay with me getting into drugs was like even though she did them when she was younger you know they could tell how pure their drugs were like her worry was that again there's no way to tell what's actually in the stuff that you're taking so it's like well can't we just have more opportunities to sort of weed that problem out unintended yeah and if 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 there was more widespread pill tasting dealers would have to get Exactly. You know, about better, a better quality control over what they're putting in. It's, it's obviously going to be cut with stuff, but we don't want to cut with rat poison. We want to cut with Johnson and Johnson baby powder. <laughs> I'll agree on that. Milo, you recently DJed in Avanica and emceed the whole event too in regional Victoria. Um, that would have been a mad, mad, a mad, mad time. On the way out, tell us what happened. On the way out, they not just they didn't just have your your standard Vanessa van for uh, breathalyzing people on the way out, but they actually had a drug testing station to let you know, you know, what's in your system before you uh, hit the road and, I mean, ultimately hit that drug bus on the way out of a, a three-day rave. Um, but it was really, really cool to just see it being, like, out in the open. It was, like, slap bang almost in the middle of the common area at the festival. It wasn't slunk away, you know, behind the medical tent or to the side just so, you know, you had to know about it. It was, like, right there 
in the middle of it. And it was genuinely encouraged that people went and got themselves tested before they left. It was relatively affordable as well. I think it was like five bucks for a swab. You had to wait there for 15 minutes to get your results. And then they came out with a, uh, a full list of what you had in your system. Um, and it was just really positive. Oh. I saw, a, I mean, I saw a lot of people being told the news that they probably shouldn't step anywhere near a vehicle <laughs> for the next 48 hours, um, wow. including, including somebody going like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I did take something this morning, which um, I feel like potentially didn't need to go to the good people at the the drug testing tent to figure that one out. But good <laughs> on, points for trying. I think like the novelty of it, they probably just wanted to see what was going on. But um, yeah, just like really positive culture especially on like day three of the festival when people are maybe considering bouncing off a little bit early to uh you know beat the crowds and beat the traffic it was just yeah really positive excellent and some people were incredibly positive <laughs> three pages extremely positive <laughs> <laughs> unreal i mean we've all had those nights where you're like oh i really have quite a few things in my system right now it's mm-hmm. kind of a naughty, a naughty but nice feeling isn't it um that's why you <laughs> sort of do it i guess but yeah, I think a lot of people left their car, I believe, at, at Indibarnica and picked it up uh, a day or two later. You know, it's probably Absolutely. some local, local Airbnbs and hotels, made some bank too, and, you know, pumped some money into the local economy. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. We're pouring it back yeah. into the local economy. <laughs> I left my car at Harvest Festival because I've um, been drinking lots of whiskey. And uh, <laughs> anyway, got a $100 cab home. And oh my God, I still remember PBS oh is playing God. the most amazing music. And then my wife went into labor the next morning so i had to go into work finish off some herald sun work calling up the whole time how far apart are contractions <laughs> caught a train out to werribee station caught a taxi to my car my, my car was about 30 other cars i know what a <laughs> fa- father of the year <laughs> right there was this just before number one or number two mikey it was before number one and it was okay. a, she, was, she was a week premature okay I had I had promised my partner. I had promised my partner I wouldn't I wouldn't get drunk. No, no, I'm I'm very much putting the story out here to you know to show to show that April Fools is all year round for me. Uh, Michael, Mikey, a quick question: Who played at Harvest that year? Who did you get to see, and was it all worth it? Oh God, um, yeah, Beck, uh, Mike Patton left just as Sigur Ross was starting. Yeah. Ben Folds five, uh Danny Warhols who sounded shit but God loved them. Eels, who were amazing. Saw a lot of good stuff. Clap your hands, say yeah. Um yeah, saw it was an amazing day. Had <laughs> a really good time and people just kept Ben, ben Folds and Santa Gold I remember as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So shout out to my great. dad for taking me to that. I um definitely yeah. wasn't old enough to go by myself. And uh dad that took me along unreal. to see Sigur Ross. So Matt mad respect to dad. And apparently he got pill tested that day too, your dad. Um, topic three coming up in just a moment after this. Messages. Oh, careful there. Um, by the way, listeners of this podcast, we fucking love you. We really love it. There's so many podcasts out there, so we just super appreciate you spending time with us each week. And this is why we're giving you this little bite-sized episode to tide you over till next week. So, so feel the power of the Wiggles. Don't duck on the Wiggles. Talk to us about the Wiggles. So, the Wiggles, I don't know if you know them. They're pretty big. Uh, we all grew up with them. Those of us who are parents in this chat have probably spent more time with them educating their children on the power of the Wiggles. That's good stuff. I've seen them live. They were fun. There you go. There you go. So, Lil Nas X, also a fan of the Wiggles. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when he tweeted back in 2020 kind of just shit posting as he did like he photoshopped himself and the wiggles on a envisioned rodeo remix 
which everyone was kind of getting behind. But now he's back at it. He's tweeted uh, that he's really trying to get the Wiggles to co-headline tour with him. He's currently in the US on his first headline tour, which is pretty sick. Mm. And so people are like, fuck yeah, Lil Nas X and the Wiggles. That makes like perfect sense. And you've got other the other side of the argument being like, you know, the, the Wiggles are a dirty word. When they won the Hottest 100, they made a mockery of the world's biggest music democracy. Blah, 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 fucking blah. <laughs> Why do we think it's... Where is the line, guys? Like, are the Wiggles a guilty pleasure? Are they not a guilty pleasure? Why are people still dunking on them when clearly so many of, you know, so many people out there have such a connection to this group? I feel like they've, they've had another, yet another glow up, personally, like with really? this new... We- Wiggles that re-wiggled, remastered, whatever it's called, charting well. The Thunderstruck, okay, I'm going to say the Thunderstruck version is not bad. <laughs> also, if people having a good time with this music, then absolutely 100% go for it. Are they receiving some kind of award as well? So is that right? Yeah, so at the Upper Awards, the Upper Music Awards, which is happening uh, this week in Melbourne, they are receiving the Ted Albert Award for Outstanding Services to Australian Music. So it's the first time... A children's, uh, a children's group or a group of children's entertainers has won the award. Um, I think in the past it's like, it's been the likes of Midnight Oil, you know, those, those sorts of leveled heritage Australian artists who've won it. So it's a pretty big deal. And I just, yeah, I feel like the Wiggles are just continuing to prove their, their longevity and their staying power. And clearly, they've still got international pull. Like, I don't know if Lil Nas X fucking had, you know, old school Wiggles videos on the TV when he was tiny. Maybe he Probably did. did. I don't know. Yeah, must have. Um, the, Wiggles, must the Wiggles have been huge in the States since at least the early 2000s. Totally. And you'd have to say too, Milo and, and Sos, Lil Nas X has, has looked at the Wiggles um, MO and gone, I, I can make a track that's huge on TikTok. They're like, Old Town Road, kids love it. I only got into Old Town Road through my kid. And, yeah, and, and um, that's a fucking jam. Like he, he's very, he's been very smart in like, appealing to everyone, and then drop it, then dropping Montero about um, <laughs> all kinds of oral sex and busting it, busting it, um, <laughs> a guy. Oh, so, I mean, I don't my god, that much song Montero. I just think it was a perfect, perfect follow up move. Um, do you? I, I was a little old for the Wiggles as a kid. Milo, did you have any Wiggles connection as as a kid? And, and what are your thoughts? I'm pretty sure I went to go see the Wiggles at some point, but I actually don't remember them too much. I was always more of a uh, Peter Coombe kind of guy. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember being taken along to his shows, and he he's, had he's, did a similar thing a while ago where he started doing over eighteen shows. Yes. I remember seeing him play at the Corner Hotel, maybe in like twenty fourteen or something like that, where yes. he played to a sold out crowd of like drunk twenty and thirty something year olds screaming "Wash your face with orange juice," and it was a really uh, special experience. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and he actually hates the Wiggles. I've interviewed him about it. He's, he's, oh, really? <laughs> he's, he's pretty jealous of the Wiggles. I think he was back then. He's an interesting cat. He's got some interesting thoughts on our early childhood, which I remember speaking to him about. Yeah, yeah, I think he's kind of he's, he's stuck in like um, he, he's basically stuck in this infinity cycle of just doing the same songs, you know. Uh, yeah. what are some of his jams? You wash your face in orange juice, uh, newspaper, mama news. Like they were fucking absolutely. Like, I Apple. like the fact that. Yeah, I like the fact that they're not big overseas. I like it. that's very much a time and a place. It's the vinyl record. It's yeah, it's, it's a special thing. And I think so. She make the point that it's easy to dunk on them. And then as soon as Little Nas X sort of bigs bigs them up, people are like, I fucking love the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah. Basically, listen to whatever the hell you yeah. damn want. 
When people were saying that the the Wiggles compromised the hottest 100, people forget that people vote for that shit. That was like the people, quote unquote, compromising the hottest 100. It was a year of lockdown. People wanted to feel good. People wanted some nostalgia. And I think the Wiggles absolutely delivered on that front, whether you like it or not. How much has Kevin Parker embraced hashtag dad life that he's appearing on stage with the Wiggles? I love it. What a man. What a man. <laughs> so good. All Dad right, in parlance. Um, hey, before before we, we pop, up, pop out of here, uh, Tom Gleason does an amazing bit, which we'll post in the episode notes, about the Wiggles when he realizes from the first time he saw Emma Wiggle, he's like, Wigglin's man's work. And he just goes into this rant about the Wiggles for three <laughs> and a half minutes, and it is just superb. He doesn't, he doesn't waste a second. He says something about Simon. He goes, look at Simon with his big dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did Tom about that, he, and he, he did it at the gala. He goes, "I never said that. I never said that line on stage before." So you know, so hardly anyone does new new bits at the gala. And he tried that new bit, and it just went over so so well. The actual that that one line out of the um the Wiggles uh rant. So check it out, Courtney, our producer, will pop it in the notes. Hey, my dudes, it's been so nice to catch up on the uh <laughs> what's what did I call it? <laughs> the low prep app. The low prep. App. The low prep app and just come come correct and hear your thoughts and get your your fresh uh, your fresh attitudes and your opinions. Thanks everyone for listening to us. It's been hit different. Anything else you guys want to say on the way out? Um, I'm just loving Hatchie's new record at the moment. Go listen to it. Yes, actually, Hatchie. Yeah, of course. Tell us more. Uh, it's really really good. It ties the line between. It's got some commercial pop appeal. It's got some like old old school like shoegaze dream pop shit going on. It was all recorded like in a bedroom in Brisbane, which is crazy. Because it sounds like the most like studio pop album ever, um, and I'm just loving it at the moment. So go show Hatchie some love. She's just announced a tour. I'm just being a fanboy right now. Mm. Unreal. And we'll actually get to chat. I missed the part when you said Hatchie. We'll get to chat to Hatchie too um, in the next week or two. We're going to speak to Janaya Turner next week, former uh, manager of Arcade Fire and Bjork, among other people. And um, what are you listening to at the moment, Sos? That's doing it for you. Um, I'm really into the new Hayden James record that came out a couple oh, yeah, cool. of weeks ago. Um, I watched a bit of his Coachella set over the, what, a couple of weekends ago now. Um, doing some really cool stuff. It's a sort of like electronic sort of housey music that you turn to when you just want to, you know, you want to feel like you're in a warm hug. And, and that record lifted is, it came along yeah. at the best times. Hot diggity. Cool. Mm. And I've been thrashing Let's Do It Again, the new Jamie XX cut, which I really, I, I like the three and a half minute version. I feel like it gets in and does everything it needs to do in three and a half minutes. So smack, I can't wait to hear it in the field as well. So smash that as well, my friends. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here, people. See you next week on Hit Different. Okay. Have a great week ahead and we'll catch you all soon.